0: Hey, what's going on, metal fans? John from musicfrenzy.net. Hope you're all having a good afternoon. In the metal world, there's a handful of pure, iconic legends. Uh, One of those is Ronnie James Dio, um, having worked with uh, Richie Blackmore and Rainbow, having fronted Black Sabbath, and then going on and creating his own band, Dio, um... The guy has a very sizable music library and metal resume. Um, Today's interview is regarding an upcoming autobiography that's coming out July 27th, books co-written with British music journalist Mick Wall and Ronnie's widow and longtime manager Wendy Dio. Our interview today is uh, one that I conducted recently with Wendy. We talk about the book, obviously, but we also touch on um, her work with the Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund, and a recent concert that took place on Ronnie's birthday, July 10th. Wendy was such a pleasure to speak with. We talked about many of the stories that are in Ronnie's book. She elaborated on the time that Ronnie spent with Rainbow. She talks about um, her time working at the Rainbow and the people that she came across, uh, Led Zeppelin members, Keith Moon, um, Ozzy, um, meeting uh, Sabbath there, stories about Lemmy and the friendships that she had with Lemmy, with Rob Halford. Um, We talk about the concert, the phenomenal job that Anthrax singer Joey Belladonna did, all the money that has been raised so far through the Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. It was a fun chat for sure. The book comes out July 27th. Um, you could pick it up uh, online or at local bookstores. There's a cool opportunity to submit questions to Wendy to be answered during a uh, live streaming session. Um, if you pre-order the book at premiercollectibles.com/do, you have the opportunity to submit questions that Wendy will answer July 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern on a hour-long live signing.com event. Um, So that's pretty cool. The event will stream on Ronnie's Facebook page. Uh, Official Ronnie James Dio is the Facebook page. So yeah, uh, sit back, relax, and listen to the interview that we did with Wendy Dio. Enjoy. Hello, John? Wendy, uh, good afternoon, John, from Music Frenzy, calling from Philadelphia.
1: Hi, well, hope you're having a good day in Philly there.
0: It is a really good day, and it's perfect timing because a really bad thunderstorm just came through so the weather's good now and nothing will interrupt us (laughs) i do love to see that thunder (laughs) lightning
1: we don't get it much here in california but i I always remember in chicago watching it from the window a whole bunch of lightning and it was amazing there's
0: nothing better than a good summer storm just to sit outside on the patio and and watch it i love it so much
1: me too.
0: Me too. Uh, before we start talking about the book, and I want to touch on the uh, concert from two weeks ago also, um, I want to first just acknowledge the wonderful work that you've done with the uh, Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. I mean, raising $2 million for cancer research so far, it's phenomenal. It's so inspiring, Wendy.
1: Well, you know, we want sometime, one day, we might find a cure, and we just keep flooding along until we get there.
0: For sure. It's one of those diseases that everyone has everyone. you know has been everyone, one, so. yeah, and if we
1: can even put across you know that early detection saves lives and if we can just save a few lives there you know by getting men to go get tested early because women are pretty good men are terrible you know you got to drag them by their ears there but uh, if we can get a few men to go and get tested early and uh, save a few lives that would just be wonderful
0: Wendy men are stubborn and invincible you should know that come on <laughs> <laughs> they
1: also don't like the way they have
0: to be tested this is this is correct that is
1: something that we're working on actually we're working with uh we're sponsoring um dr wong at ucla right now who is uh in the middle of doing research with cancer on, on certain cancers like stomach cancer and pancreatic Pancreatic cancer and prostate cancer with a swab. Uh, so you put it inside your mouth and do a swab, and it would, instead of the uh, other way that the men don't like, uh, they could go to their doctor and get, when they get a regular checkup and have this swab done, and it would detect cancer even in its early stages that's, that's amazing we're on, right? yeah we're working on that right now hopefully he may even have it ready by next
0: year that's wonderful news
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's ironic that we're speaking today because i don't know if you're aware but it's the 34th anniversary of ronnie's fourth solo album dream evil today yeah, i know so that, I I, know I, that. I, I, that's so amazing so <laughs> 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 I'll tell you, Wendy. You know, before we get into the book, I watched the uh, stand-up and shout concert, which took place on Ronnie's birthday, July tenth. Um, what a phenomenal event! Uh, congratulations to you and everyone who put that amazing. on. It was awesome. It
1: was amazing. And you know what? We had to extend it for an extra uh, an extra week because of the uh, uh, so many people. At the end, you know, the the end were saying, "Oh, we didn't get a chance to see it." So we extended it for another week which was great, which made us earn even more money. We are just actually doing a calculation of how much we earned for the charity today.
0: Unbelievable. The live performances were so good, and to see Joey Belladonna from Anthrax sing so many of those songs that we Uh all know and love, I mean, he, he did them justice for sure.
1: Absolutely. I think everyone did the justice. And I was so, so, I mean, my heart was so full with so many people, musicians giving their time and talent. It was just, it was just, uh, I, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about <laughs> how many of them gave their time and talent. And it's just amazing. And they just keep doing it. And it's just, I am so thankful and so grateful.
0: A person like me, Wendy, who only knew Ronnie through his music and all the concerts I've seen, I've seen him several times. Uh, I'm sure anyone who watched that concert walked away with a true appreciation of how much this guy was loved and respected in the industry.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. He was a special person. I think they broke the mold. You know, not only did he have a great talent that we all know, but he was also such a wonderful human being, just a fantastic human being, which everybody loved him. And, and he just made everyone feel special around him. And I think that's what everyone... You know, everyone gives back to him all the time, and I just love it that he's, you know, to keep his memory and his music alive as long as I can.
0: Anyone who wants to find out more about it, on July 27th, we get Ronnie's autobiography, Rainbow in the Dark, which uh, you and, and uh, Mick Wall put together. Um, uh, can you just give our listeners a rundown of how the book came together and all the work that Ronnie did to get the book to the stage?
1: Okay, so Ronnie was writing. He started writing many years ago. Um, he started writing the book. And um, and then he would, you know, write it for a while and then, and then stop and then do a bit more and a bit more because none of us knew he was going to pass away as soon as he did. And then um, <clears throat> even when he got sick, uh, he wasn't writing so much but he would scribble little notes about different things in his life because he wrote the book up until almost the end of Rainbow and then um, he scribbled notes and different things about subjects that he wanted to talk about in the book and uh, he always intended the book to start in 86 and end in 86 because of the fact that uh, in the beginning he was about to go on Madison Square Garden's to perform, which was his, his ultimate dream yeah. um, and uh, a journalist Uh, asked him how did you get started and he was going to give the usual answer and I thought how did I get started and then he goes back but he has to finish them because then he comes back to it and says I gotta go now because I gotta go on stage correct and uh, I tell you more but that's another story
0: yeah exactly right and it was so awesome to read this man who has had so much success with so many wonderful musicians all over the globe and the man was so excited when he played Madison Square Garden it's it's just it's it warms the heart you know
1: and I forgot the camera
0: and I got shit for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and he mentions it he brings that up <laughs> I know. and you know in those
1: days we didn't have cell phones right we had
0: to bring it <laughs> his one time come on <laughs> The first few chapters when they gave me insight and I, I took away just how Ronnie was not gonna let anything keep him from doing what he loved. I mean, the multiple car accidents, you know, God forbid you know losing a yeah. a friend and, yeah. and the bandmate yeah. in one of the yeah. accidents, losing gear. I mean, when they when they signed with Elf and the the plane incident, <laughs> the lesser guys would have maybe packed it in by then.
1: Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. And then, you know, of course his best friend died and and that was a terrible thing. And then Rocky's cousin left the band, and that was another really, you know, uh, he was so upset about that, he actually didn't talk to him for many, many years over that, Um, but, um, yeah, no, no, I mean, there's so many things, and and naughty he was, in stealing cars and things, that was really (laughs) bad things in there that he did, it shows you him as a real human being, it shows people the real Ronnie that I knew.
0: I'm familiar with Cortland, and the area there, and as Uh I'm reading the book, just, You know, there's just these, these snot nosed little teenagers running around and, you know, doing all this mischief just to get to a gig (laughs) and so forth. I, I laughed my ass off. It was, it was really, really cool some of the stories he put Uh, in there. You're a, a big part of the book, and you know the book leaves little doubt just how strong the bond you guys had, both personally and professionally. Um, when Ronnie and you first met, you were waitressing at the Rainbow, correct, on Sunset Strip. Um, how yes. long? How long were you a waitress there? I'm sure you got all kinds of stories that you could probably write your own book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could. Well, you know, I, I knew, I knew uh,
1: Richie and all those guys, and uh, they're the ones who introduced me to Ronnie, of course. Um, but uh, I was, I was in between. In, right then, I, I had come over from England, and I didn't have green card, so I was actually a paralegal, but I couldn't get a job because I, had, I didn't have a green card, so I had to go do waitressing, which I did, and I had a lot of fun doing that, actually,
0: so that's what I did. <laughs> I'm a huge Lemmy fan. I mean, I'm sure you came across Lemmy throughout your time there.
1: Oh, I know Lemmy very well. In, in fact, um, we organized his funeral. Uh Todd Singerman, who is his manager, is one of my very close friends. Oh, wonderful. And very, very close friend of mine, Lemmy's manager, and I organised the funeral. I organized his, his birthday party actually just before he passed away, he his birthday party, and then um I uh I organized the funeral for him because I really was so upset about everything and
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah yeah, so um no very,
1: very very and I saw so many people in there um, all the antics of the Zeppelin guys that you used to get up to and Keith moon and all those people all all, the, <laughs> all those people came in there all the time it, it was it was a very fun place to work but I worked hard than mean
0: money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The book takes us through Ronnie's career up to 1986, you know, like we mentioned. So there's a good portion, obviously, featuring his time in Rainbow. You know, he talks about the recording and, and touring and so forth. But even stuff like, you know, how he says that Ritchie Blackmore held a seances while recording in France. Um, you had oh, yeah. a little incident uh, that he shares oh, in the book. Oh, yes, Can yes, Can you talk yes, about definitely. that? Well, we,
1: were, we would do these, uh, these seances all the time and uh, have fun and, and you know, Ryan and I just thought, oh, somebody's pushing the glass, you know, it's just fun or whatever. But then they kept, um, the tape kept on, uh, uh they go, they record and then the next day they go in there and somebody wiped off the tape and it was gone again. So they'd have to do it all over again. And then we had several instances where one was, uh, who's there? This is Thor. And they say, well, give us a sign. And then it started raining. and I just thought, mm, yeah, maybe that's just, just, you
0: know, coincidence yes, or whatever. And then Rishi uh, said he saw
1: somebody—I forget who—famous person uh, was a musician, Bach or somebody in the in his in the, uh, the mirror when he looked in. But we just laughed about that too. Yeah. And then um, Cozy Powell, uh. Said, suddenly his door locked and all the books fell off the wall. That was another thing. I got pushed down the stairs. Somebody pushed me from behind and I looked around. There was no one there. But then the real last straw of it, we were doing the seance and and this guy comes up and it says I am Bore. And and then all of a sudden uh, the glass broke away went around the table by itself and smashed on the floor and we all ran off scared to bed.
0: (laughs) It's just unreal. I mean, I've had Little seances and you know Ouija board I- issues uh-huh. too, and I'll tell you I've had a couple of things too, Wendy. Where you know uh-huh. a- after that happened, I have not touched it since. Um, we haven't touched it since. <laughs> we, ran, we all ran away scared. And uh, then the next day was when I got pushed
1: down the stairs. Wow. And, and I went home after that. <laughs> 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 um, we, we were in what we, call, and we were in the chateau in France, and we it was called um it was in
0: uh Horoville, and we called it Horoville. Yeah. And it
1: it was in, in a town called Pentoise, and we called it Pentihos. <laughs> so I really used to write a couple of kinds of stories.
0: <laughs> it's just one of those things that raises the hair on the back of your neck, like it's like, oh, oh, you know, yeah. like it oh, really yeah, happened, like... That's wild. Well, Richie used to
1: do a lot of things, so we always thought that maybe he was doing it because he would be on like the second or third floor, and he would take a coke can on the end of a stick and string and (laughs) tap on somebody's window down there, and then pull it up. And then we saw uh, like people running around with a wire, I don't know, it's ghosts or sheets on their head or whatever. But uh, we never quite knew if it was someone doing it or if it was real. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely, and when Ronnie talks about the glass going around the table, and then you know you oh, were yeah. you were pushed, and no one's around. I mean, yeah, how no, do you was, how do you explain that? Was that?
1: Definitely, and the tape being wiped off all the time. In fact, the album it says on there, "No thanks to
0: Ball <laughs> <laughs> In the credits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ronnie talks about the hard financial times that you two went through after his stint with Rainbow. I oh, no. mean, um, yeah. it, it, it's amazing how one can have such success. But the money just doesn't follow that success, you know.
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of um, people in this business that rip you
0: off as well, you know, especially in those days. Uh, We were given like $150 a
1: week and and a big house to live in and a nice car, but that was it, you know. Uh, That was it. Where did the money go? But, you know, we learned, we learned. Sure. But uh, there's there's trials and tribulations we went through. Then uh, we also, if we write another book, the trials and tribulations of when the '90s, when grunge came in, and we, you know, we lost the record deals, all the major record deals. The Van Halen was dropped, Ronnie was dropped. You have to go then start again, trying to find independent labels, uh, having to start in. Like small venues instead of uh, arenas again. So a lot of ups and downs. We had a lot of ups and downs in, in, in there, but we never gave up, and we were always happy. We had each other, and we had our dogs and our cats, and we were happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ronnie mentions uh, several times how he was a animal lover. So that's uh, you know they they comfort you through you know good times and bad for sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And when we 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 support a lot of um, animal uh, animal. Places you know and, and raise money for that. And in fact, Ronnie, uh, I think it was in the October before he got diagnosed in November, uh, he did a, the Brittany Foundation we support, and uh, it's a lot of um, older dogs, unadoptable dogs. And um, Ronnie was, I go in a cage every year there, and Ronnie would come down and go in the cage with me, and we. We had to stay in there for 24 hours, but we come out, we get, uh, it's a dollar an hour to get out. So oh. we had to raise money, but we always <laughs> raise the money when drinking champagne and eating eggs. Oh, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> But I still do that, and it's and it's really fun, and it's a great um, organization run by just this one lady and her sister. And uh, they take a lot of uh, unabdoctoral dogs, like Michael Vick's dogs. Those
0: dogs sure. are in there, and uh, you know they're unadoptable, but they're there having a you know having a good life, oh, that's and uh, a lot of a lot of senior dogs too. So I have a rescue cat, and uh, his uh, good. his meow is very gravelly. So mm-hmm. so we named him Joplin, like Janis Joplin, because <laughs> you know even even though he's a male, but he's got that little gravelly voice. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we had we always had we always had rescue
1: dogs and, and, and cats and stuff. Right now, I I still have two rescue dogs and three rescue cats. Wonderful. Two of the rescue cats are nineteen years old.
0: <laughs> Holy moly! God yeah, bless exactly. You. So uh, after Rainbow, we come to the Sabbath years, and Ronnie discusses how a meeting with uh, Tony and Ronnie at the Rainbow, and a little huh? bit of studio work, and. Uh there he is fronting Sabbath and you know again you know getting back to you know Ronnie as a person I mean he he talks about the trepidation that he had wondering how fans would react to somebody else aside from Ozzy fronting Sabbath
1: absolutely absolutely
0: what do you recall about the times leading up to you know those first couple Sabbath shows and the release of Heaven and Hell
1: well, nobody knew how the album was going to do at all because, you know, the last two albums that Sabbath had done, which was Technical SD and Never Say Die, they were not, they hadn't even, they were still in the red, they hadn't recouped and, and you know, the band was down a bit. And, uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. And, and also when Ronnie was out there, I mean, there was some Aussie fans giving him the finger and someone was spitting on him and stuff. But, you know, he persevered and after the first few shows, um, I think the fans realised, wow, this is great. This music is good and it's really great and then some of the fans were people that had not seen uh the Aussie era uh Sabbath. So, you know, it it, it just it's it went on and then of course the album hit and it was such a fantastic album and then everyone was like wow this is a... and you know we've always said there's two sabbaths not one is better than the other there's the original sabbath with ozzy who is w- one of the best front men you could have in his day sure. and then ronnie when he ran in it was a different sabbath it's a bit more melodic and a, a different sabbath they're, you know they're both i think that uh sabbath a true sabbath fan usually buys both
0: oh absolutely i have all of them so yeah yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah for sure. exactly Yep, exactly. I, yep. it's crazy because two phenomenal records with Heaven and hell and the mob Rules and then that was it Ronnie was out I kind of took away that it all, it was almost destiny that he was gonna have his own band you know being you know he didn't have a lot of, a lot of creative control uh, with uh, with Richie Blackmore and then you know when uh, live evil was being produced and whatnot you know he wanted to go one way and Tony wanted to go a different way it was it was kind of oh. his his destiny to make deal.
1: Yeah, and that was really scary. We didn't know what we were going to do, but we, we, you know, we survived and we, we, blooded on. We mortgaged our house and went for it, and uh, it paid off.
0: I remember seeing Dio live in Philly, and the music and everything was wonderful. But one thing that stood out for me was the laser show. You know, back then it was oh, all about yeah. stages and set, the lasers. Uh,
1: set, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, knowing that you guys mortgage your home to get that started, I, I'm. Thank you. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> well, show. Yeah,
1: Philadelphia was one of Ryan's favourite towns to play. He said all those the guys there, they're crazy and they're great, and they don't they don't just sit down and watch. They're up there with you, singing along and stuff. That's why he chose two times to record there uh, with the the mm-hmm. NF- NFL films. There's a 17 camera shoot we did twice there. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and, and he
0: chose Philadelphia Because he said that's the best audience I tend to agree yeah. <laughs> You might be a bit biased <laughs> dear, <huh? laughs> Since I've been to the show So sure <laughs> You know, but after I read the book and obviously, you know, the past couple of days, I've been listening to more and more Dio, you know, just to really go back and envelop it all. Um, I'm listening to the rainbow and the Sabbath and the Dio in a different light, you know, just knowing more yeah. of this behind the scenes stuff. It's, it's just a great book. I, I, I hope when it comes out July 27th that, you know, people, you know, stop and, and pick it up and really go through it. It's, it's a phenomenal book. You guys did a good job.
1: I hope so, and, and, you know, it was written for the fans, so we hope they like it, you know, and as Ronnie said before, in the book, you know, you either you like it, you don't like it, whatever, but I am who
0: I am, and that's it, <laughs> so. Uh, and, and, you know, with them stopping at 86, and it sounds like there's a lot more material that if you guys want to put out a second one that you have material to to do so, Correct.
1: Well, yeah, there is, I mean, there's, uh, the, as I said, the 90s that we went through where, you know, uh, the grunge came in and, 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 you know, it was, we lost the record deal and then Ronnie went back with Sabbath and did uh, Dehumanizer mm-hmm. and then did the other, other other things. There's the street named after Ronnie in there and there's, um, you know, there's, and then in the third time he goes back with Sabbath again, which I'm really happy about. I'm so happy he went back to, to that and everything was good before passed away. That was so
0: and, great and every, with Heaven and Hell.
1: Everyone was playing in unbelievably uh, good. Everyone was such good friends, and, and we're still good friends. I mean, I'm still good friends. Obviously, Tony lives in England, but uh, Gloria and Terry live down the same street as me. I oh, see them all the time. Nice. You know, yeah. So I mean, we're we really
0: bonded friends. Yeah, you know, I saw Heaven and Hell with uh, with uh, Judas Priest at uh, in Homedale, New Jersey. It was uh-huh, it was uh-huh. just on just unreal
1: that's another person who's a really great friend is Rob Halford he's just a doll he he does everything for us anytime I ask him for the charity he's such a sweetheart
0: yeah he did a performance on the concert and actually came back with a short little video so it was uh yeah yeah, i know he's
1: he's such a sweetheart it was they used to have so much fun because they toured together a lot judas priest motorhead and dio they and they they switched around it didn't matter who was headliner and who wasn't they switched around all the time but they loved each other we're great people (laughs) Lemmy and ronnie and and, and, and Rob were were really good friends and they really are, are people that never forgot where they came from they were always just themselves
0: Wendy, again, best of luck on the book, and again, congrats on all that you've done with Stand Up and Shout.
1: Well, thank you, and I thank you for your continued support. You know, without people like you, I couldn't do this. We couldn't do it. Ronnie couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. None of us could do it. We need support, and thank you for always supporting. I really appreciate that. Bye-bye,
0: John. Again, I want to thank Wendy for her time. You can donate to the Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund by going online to docancerfund.org. Again, like we said in the interview, so far they raised $2 million for cancer research. And from what Wendy said there, it's uh, there's some good things that looks like will be coming out soon with uh, assistance from the uh, money raised. So, um, again, all great news. Um, the book's phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of stories that we just didn't have time to get into. But if you're uh, a fan of Dio and you want to find out more about all the good and the bad that happened through his career... Yeah, pick it up, July 27th. Rainbow in the Dark, the autobiography comes out. Yeah, so I appreciate your time checking out the interview. Our Twitter account is Frenzy underscore net, as well as our Instagram and our Facebook is musicfrenzy_net. net. And we look forward to bringing you more interviews. Y'all take care and stay safe.